When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Gerald Glassford coming back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> the power of the producer, that's all I'll say. Plus, also, as well, inside sports fantasy football, go ahead and check out our thoughts each and every week. As we cover the NFL and fantasy football and inside sports fantasy football, the Raiders won for Sean. All right, there you go. They're on a hot streak. Watch out. They fire their coach and GM and see what happens. Plus also as well, go ahead and check out what, you know, okay. I was trying to be positive there for you. What Joe Soros is doing today is Ox 1947. He just got back from Phoenix, literally off the road. You know he's on the road when it comes to LakersBall.com. Plus, go ahead and help support him all week long by stopping by Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. Also, Swank, go ahead and check out our good friends, Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet. You know they're the Lakerholics, and they always have fun talking about the Lakers and also each other at Lakerholics.com. Of course, also as well, our good friends, Lakers in 5. Also as well, Empire Jeff TV. Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, who is in the chat right now, and also as well, John McCainland. Please go ahead and support their great YouTube channels. And speaking of supporting channels, if you're on Facebook and you're one of the thousands of people who've watched our show in the past three weeks, please go ahead and check us out by liking and following us on Facebook. Or if you're on YouTube, go ahead and click on the little Joe above the big Joe right there for you with the beady eyes. Yes, click on it. Right there. Absolutely. Yes. Little Joe, Big Joe. Right there. Click on it today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Well, the Lakers coming back with a win from Phoenix, but overall a poor trip. Coming back home to the warm confines of the crypt. And the Lakers come into tonight a little bit shorthanded with LeBron James out of the lineup, but they were facing a team that is in the midst of a rebuild in the Portland Trailblazers, who also had quite a few players out, including Anthony Simons, Scoot Henderson, Malcolm Brogdon. So with all those players out and the fact that Portland is probably already in tank mode, but it should have been an easy game for the Lakers, right? <sighs> Nothing comes easy for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, they did actually lead in the first quarter, so that's a step in the right direction, but they let the Portland Trailblazers get back into the game in the second quarter. Portland Trail uh, Portland actually was leading by one in the third quarter when the Lakers had made a surge 
to open up the lead up into the double digits. Actually, one of our I, I still think Magic Man, it felt like it was the largest lead we've had all season when I think we went to 14. I think that was probably the largest lead we've had all season. And you know, we were talking about getting AD out of there, letting rest in the fourth quarter, but God forbid the Lakers should go ahead and dominate and continue to blow out teams like that because of course everything came back like a rubber band and they were they let Portland back into the game got down to a one point lead at one point late in the fourth quarter but the Lakers found enough clutch play from guys like Rui Hashimura from guys like Cam Reddish guys like D'Angelo Russell and of course 30 points 13 rebounds and three block shots plus six assists for Anthony Davis and the Lakers hold on to a 116-110 victory. And here today to discuss the game, including Austin Reeves, 18 points, some solid play off the bench as well in the second straight game there. Good guys indeed. You want to go ahead and check out what they're doing today on our playback. Playback.tv slash Sacred Fast Break, where we just got off there right now and had a great time in doing so. Our largest viewing party of the year. First up, first man here. It is a returning Stone Hansen. Stone, great to have you here, my friend. It was not the prettiest game in the world, and it did not leave you warm and fuzzy all over, but a win is still a win as the Lakers improve to 500 at 5-5. Five and five. A win is a win, Gerald. <clears throat> and how sick are we of saying that, where it's just we're, that's, we're complacent with just getting the win, and it's a tough game throughout the entirety of it um i'm it's it's the same cycle every game of teams you know just this team is just making it so difficult for ourselves um we're we're our own worst enemy for some reason uh we can't you know play to our capabilities i think I, i think this team could have blown out this portland team if they had all the right components, um, but uh, we make it hard for ourselves, but we get the win. That's, I mean, that's ultimately what matters, but um, man, watching this team, Gerald, it's, it's getting harder and harder to envision us getting into the finals when we need AD to drop 20, 13 and six and play 41 minutes uh, and, and just carry us. It's, it's someone carrying us each and every night, not, not people pitching in, and doing a lot of stuff it's it's a whole lot of guys just taking their turns carrying um because uh, you know there's there's no real structure so um yeah i mean uh, no adjustments either throughout the game uh, if you look um we the, the first I, I kept bringing it up to magic man in the, the first half of uh, they're letting Thibel, they're daring him to shoot threes, and he he made four of them because they're all uncontested. And they're going to the second half, and instead of tightening up on that, they start allowing it for every other Portland player. It's just like instead of stepping up on them and contesting it, let's make all of them try and beat us with the three. Uh, and it made it closer than it should have been. So uh, I'm I'm pleased with the win, but I'm not encouraged um, that we're moving in the the right direction towards a championship um, with the style of play that we, we have. Uh, there, there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made and there's none that are even coming from within 
game to game or half to half. So uh, I think something has to change, Gerald, and I'm not I'm not sure when it's going to happen. Once again, the Lakers do win, 116 to 110. Also here today, good man indeed. He returned to us earlier today on the pregame. I'm so happy to have him back. You know he heads up our playback.tv so that's Lakers fast break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here, my friend. Again, the warm and fuzzies did not happen because when the Lakers had a double-digit lead and they should have just put in the overdrive and put this game out of reach, they had every opportunity to do so and failed. It's very hard to sustain any confidence in a team that plays like this. Yes, they did not have LeBron, but still, the what the other team had, G-Leakers. And you mentioned guys literally signed off the street and yet they're looking like all-stars. And that to me is very disappointing if you're a Lakers fan, but still we come away with a victory. We're five and five could be worse. You could be in Phoenix or the, or you could be the other, other team at the crypt. Uh, Yeah, Gerald, I'd rather, I'd rather be us right now. (laughs) It's just personally speaking. Uh, that being said, yeah, me and me and Stone basically watched it from from tip off to uh, the final horn sounding, and it was just it's it's a top five weird Laker game that I've seen the past three years. You know, you completely dominate a team at the free throw line, Gerald. Uh, the Lakers had thirty seven free throws. And the Blazers had 38 rebounds. So it's almost a one-to-one free throw for opponent rebound. If that's the case, you should you should win a game by at least 15 to 20 points, Gerald. If you're if if it's that kind of dominance in the paint, and it's just we can't we couldn't shoot ourselves out of uh out of the Alamo. Um it's a like Stone was saying. <clears throat> bad sets, like b- bad habits. Uh, Gerald, the Lakers won a rebounding battle for only the second time um, in the past, I think, going back to the Denver series, but, 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 but that's 12 games. And yet you still find a way to let a lottery bound team in the game. Rui had a decent effort. AD defensively was... was for the most part, uh, energized and uh, making up for mistakes, Gerald. Uh, I will say this. Uh, although we're sputtering right now, the fact is Cam Radish's confidence remains unaffected by the overall team's uh, lack of, shall we say, well, let's use LeBron Ham's word, cohesion, right? Cohe- like That's a funny buzzword to me cohesion you have austin austin reeves Rui hashimura d'angelo russell anthony davis on the bench you're talking about cohesion those guys have been together for six months i i i just i see a disconnect between reality between reality and what we're actually seeing, I, I wouldn't call it a delusion, Gerald, but I definitely think there's a disassociation, at least publicly, going on between what Ham is saying he sees and what we see. 
Couldn't agree with you more, Sean, on that. And the, but the fact is, they did win a first quarter. So am, are, would I be remiss in saying some baby steps, as Intel mentioned? First quarter one, finally, finally something to we can at least be a small positive on. John? Yeah. Yes, Joe. I was just gonna say, I, I, I will give them a round of applause for that. They won a first quarter for the first time in 10 games. And of course, Joe, it's not to Joe's satisfaction. Hey, better late than never. Isn't that what Cheech Marin said in Ghostbusters 2, Gerald? <laughs> that was also, a great movie, Gerald. Don't deny it. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2. Is... Ghostbusters 2 was awful. I saw that in the theaters. Don't even get me started. Movie oh, sucked. You were, you were dead wrong about that. One is good. Two is not good. Don't even get me started. That that is just an angry movie. That was just an angry. That's like having Joe Sorrell for two hours. Just nothing but anger in that movie. Well, I see we got ourselves a pop culture cosmos episode coming up. Why we... why Ghostbusters <laughs> two is underrated? Oh my gosh! Almost killed the franchise for decades. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell phone version yeah. that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, shell shaky <laughs> has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're climbing their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come that, on, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean, like with a mono I, sound. There you go. Oh God. Yeah. That's, that's the worst part. You only get sound in the left ear, yep. not the right ear. Something like that. You can find that version already if you really want it. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But once again, it is the Lakers. They do win 116 to 110. Also here today, good man indeed. It is the angry one himself, Joe Sorrow, not happy with the fact that the Lakers won the first quarter. I'm assuming it's because, well, actually, I don't want to assume any with you, but the, you know, obviously, this is a team that's bound for the lottery. They, they, even with LeBron James out of there, this is a team that we should have put away early, and we should have just had given AD a big rest today. There's no such thing as a franchise getting killed because you have a bunch of no buddies and dummies in the studio system that keep rehashing, reconfiguring, regenerating, regendering all their crap and crapping it out and seeing what would hit, right? So with that, I guess that's a discussion for another time. But the the Lakers are the Lakers are just I don't know. Meh. You just watch them play and they're as dull as my comment right now. They're just there. They don't really have any fire. They don't really, they're just playing basketball just to play basketball. And their talent is what really won them tonight. That's all it was. AD dropped what, 30, had 13 rebounds. Uh, again, was credited with only three blocks. 
when he probably had eight. Um, we talked about how they generate blocks in the NBA. I guess if your arm is at 90 degrees, it's not a block or some bull crap like that. So uh, the best part of the game was the 36-minute uh, review for free throws. I mean, I can't tell you how much I enjoy uh, seeing uh, the three stooges at a table and trying to figure out how to call what just happened 36 minutes later and completely destroying any momentum and any kind of feel of a game, right? Uh, the NBA product sucks. The Lakers suck. Portland just sucks more. Darvin Ham sucks ass in terms of any kind of relevance to any kind of leadership. Uh, just looking at him makes me want to yak. And going five and five the first 10 games is an embarrassment. They should be embarrassed. Uh, the only good thing that came out, of, actually, there's two things that came out well tonight. One, they won a game without LeBron James. Number two, I saw I saw Anthony Davis finally look coherent with the ball in his hand and passing the ball, facing the basket. That was probably the first time I can remember some consistency there. And then, of course, Cam Reddish. Um, I'm just trying to not jinx Cam Reddish because right away, as soon as he had two games in a row, Laker fans, Laker fan. Oh, my God. Is Cam Reddish not afraid? Is he going to be an all-star? Is he going to win the NBA championship for us? Like, Jesus. Then the second he sucks in the next game, it's right back to where you were before. I'll get let, back the emails from Odell. Let the guy play and understand this, please. It's Cam Reddish. Okay? He's not going to play like this the whole year. Not, he might play like this for a week. And maybe in spurts. Just take what you can get. Stop anointing every damn player when they have a good game. Please. Just focus on the fact that this team has no fundamentals, no feel for the game, and have no idea what the hell they're doing other than enhancing their talent. That's really what it is. Um, the Probably the most aggravating and probably what's spewing this, this rant right now is the moment that they took Anthony Davis out in the fourth quarter, and we were up, I think, by 12 or something, and they went into a tank. I mean, absolute tank. It's like you're sitting there going, "What? what is going on in these guys' minds? I would love to just be be a coach of the team for like a day. And I wanted to I – would, I would get them together. And I'd go, so when you guys are out there and you know the stakes, you know that your guy is getting some rest. What makes you guys forget about how to play basketball? You don't feel like you need to cover anybody that's shooting? Like, where does that mindset come from? The only thing that makes sense is you're a lazy... God, I almost said a cuss word, sorry. That you're a lazy bum and you don't care. Convince me it's not that. Because it... I'm watching the body language. You don't look like you're lost. At least if you were dumb and didn't know how to play basketball, I'd be like, yeah, you look like you got a, you're a chicken with its head cut off, but I can see you. I'm, I'm watching the TV. You look like you don't care. And it doesn't look like your coach cares that you care. 
And it doesn't really matter for the fans there, it seems. Everybody's there grab-assing, waiting for that stupid camera that doesn't telecast anything. To go, hey, 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 look, hey, yeah, 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 hey, yeah, yeah. We're going to take a picture in front of everybody that of nothing. They don't broadcast that on Spectrum. What are you, what are you taking pictures of? So with that, my jadedness and my cynicism has, has reached its limit. I hate watching this team play basketball. Like, hate. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hate a lot of things all the time, but I really, really hate watching this team play basketball. It makes me sick. Like I'm sick right now. My stomach hurts just thinking about watching them play. Portland sucks ass in every possible way. And they managed to suck ass just a little less to get this win. And you would think without LeBron, you would probably want to, I don't know, get an edge. Get some kind of something going on, but they don't. They don't give it crap. So I'm, I'm I'm going back and forth on this. Why do we give a crap? And it really kills me. It really kills me that I have to watch this because it's part of our job. Because I really don't. I really don't want to watch it. They make me sick. And I don't know if it's going to change. But we're going to be here every game, and we're going to see what happens. That's that's the only positiveness in this is that we're still going to be here. Hopefully, whatever I'm telling you is somewhat useful in your life. Probably not, because I know it's not. But it's just terrible. This was a terrible game. I watched half the game on the road. The other half I watched wishing I could go back on the road and <laughs> run into a wall. So that's that's my feeling on that so far. <laughs> Once again, it's the Lakers winning 160 to 110. Uh, big shout out to Coolbro who went to the game, uh, not that not the Lakers game, but went to his game that he was talking about, and actually the sign that he made with his mom, uh, asking people to go ahead and like and subscribe to the Lakers Fast Break. He showed that at the at his local game, and I'm just so thankful and blessed that he did. Truly appreciate that, Coolbro. Stone, let me bring you back in here, my friend. Uh, Darren in the Super Chat, and thank you both, Intel and Darren, for the Super Chat. Big shout-out to both of you. Uh, he said, Stone, quoting Darren, they won the first quarter for the first time. They controlled the backboards both for the first time. I wonder why, but I listened not to the apologists. Yeah, that's great and all, but to me, the stat that disappoints me the most is Anthony Davis 41 minutes that we still needed 41 minutes of Anthony Davis in order to get ahead of a team like Portland only by six I mean uh, yeah and if you look at uh why we controlled the boards the way we did uh I mean just look at who we're playing um Aiton is actually perfect for this Lakers team because he has no motor um, but, and then there was saw that in action tonight, literally. Yeah. He watched the ball dribble by him. Talk, talk about someone he just does not care about, about the sport of basketball. Um, and then we were playing do up who in my humble opinion is the worst player in the NBA. So I, I think, I mean, I'm glad we did that, but I'd like to see us do it, you know, against centers that are a little bit stronger opposition. Um, and the other thing too, is that uh, there's just no change, Gerald. It's 
I mean, we won because, and we had better stats, I guess, because we're playing the team that we did, who's missing three of their six best players. Um, but we, uh, it's the same coaching. There's zero adjustments. There's zero, uh, I mean, as Joe's saying, there's zero effort, but that comes from someone has to ignite that fire. It's not exclusively um, on someone. It's not exclusively on the coach or the players. Uh, they have to work in tandem to figure that aspect out. But there's, yeah, it's, it's just no sense of urgency and no, nothing. We've seen, what is this, game eight or nine now? I've lost track, but it's... it's They're five but, and five on the season, just so Okay, you know. ten. Yeah, I can't do math. Um, but it's the same thing for ten games now of them not changing i mean this is the same team we've the watched Lakers shot since four from 19 from three stone they can't do math either what uh what this is the question for just all of you what improvements have the lakers made since the start of the season yeah that's that's the that's the issue um nothing nothing's improved um and we're what now like an eighth of the season in and nothing's changed something if nothing changes and we're playing at this level, this is not a level that we can get to a championship with. It's just not. Uh, and people aren't going to want to hear that, but that's just the realistic aspect of it is if we continue playing like this with everything that is in place, we will not win a championship this year. And that's what we all hoped for when we made the adjustments this summer that we did. That's the expectations we had. Uh, and from what I've seen and, I think you guys would agree they have not lived up to those expectations so far. Once again, it's the Lakers, 116-110. Magic Man, let me ask you this. You know, after 10 games, we had talked about what the prediction would be where the Lakers would stand after 10 games. 8-2, and two, I heard. 7-3. 6-4. The Lakers are 5-5 five and five after 10 games, yet I don't feel good about it because the Lakers have basically meandered their way a couple opportunities to win games and be eight and two or eight, excuse me, seven and three. And they've, you know, they blew it. So I ask you this, my friend, as uh, stone says, you know, he just does not hold out any confidence him and Joe right now in regards to this team's, I guess, future going forward this season, uh, you know, the way currently way it's currently constructed and the way it currently is. I can't say I blame them because how can you have the kind of faith that they do after seeing the 10 games that you've seen so far? Not much. <clears throat> uh, it's been 10 games of a lot of the same crap we saw last season, Gerald. So my confidence level that somehow they go on a heater here and win seven of nine, <clears throat> I'd probably put it. Well, it's in the red, so it's less than twenty percent. So let's go with eighteen percent. I guess okay. that's eighteen percent that they could go on a heater, um, but they're gonna have to, Gerald, at some point. They it's, should this week, right? You got five games. You got Memphis. You got Houston. You got the Jazz. Uh, who else we got in there, Gerald? At Portland. At Portland, yeah. So I mean, you gotta take care of business here. You gotta take care of business. You've won. You've won two in a row, win five more. Suddenly it's seven in a row. You're on a heater and who knows where we can go, but things have to improve drastically in order for that to happen. Gerald, like 
there's no way on earth they're missing their three best perimeter players and you only beat them by six. We were talked about this in the um in the pre in the pregame uh, show, Gerald. What did we say? If you get into a rock fight with this team, you may not pull out, right? I agree. Well, now we're looking now we're looking at facing this same Portland team in a few days in their own barn. Cause they have Gerald, let me ask you a question. Tomorrow, Portland plays a back to back against Utah. How bad do you think Utah is going to beat Portland tomorrow night, Gerald? Well, you know, Salt Lake is not the same. So it's it's it is a home. It's court not. It's advantage. not. It's not easy playing a back to back. Yeah, yeah, but it's also it's also the uh, um, miles above sea level. It's not to the point of Denver, but it's still uh, one of the least favorite back to back places to go because of the fact you know it's just so combination is a longer flight and. You know, above sea level, things of that nature. So I'll say, I'd say they lose by twenty. I say twenty. Yeah, yeah. I say twenty-two. So now you're going to play them three, like three uh, games of four nights for them in their own barn. It's tricky. It's tricky because we saw this we, with we, Orlando. We my saw friend. this with Orlando. I get yes, Gerald. So you barely squeak by a team that you're obviously better than. And then a few days later, you're in their own barn. Are we going to lose by 25? I sure as hell hope not. But if, that's in that's in the back of everybody's brain on this panel right now. Go ahead, Stone. I was just going to say, if we have LeBron back for that game and we're playing against Portland, and if it's close, if it's close at all, like we're playing down to the final two minutes and we don't know who's going to win, that's a, a major, major issue, major issue. Three and four games or, or three games in four nights and missing three of your six best players. And if we are, are basically at full strength with LeBron back, it's inexcusable that we should not be winning by a large margin during that game. Inexcusable if we don't. And uh, remember before the beginning of the season, they talked about how they're going to increase the number of threes, increase the number of threes, because they were one of the worst shooting teams, plus also one of the teams that shot the least amount of threes in the league. Well, today, Joe, they were four of 19. Sparkling four of 19. And you could also say that, how could that happen? Because not only did you have, uh, you know, our two statistically best shooters from last year on the floor in Austin and D'Lo, you also had AD, Rui and Wood, who are statistically our best shooters out there, all above 40% heading into the game, yet we managed to only shoot four for 19. Now, we still got the victory because we realized that we were going to absolutely suck behind the arc, so we decided to go ahead and do what was smart with a depleted team like this and take it inside and keep on taking the ball into the paint. I'm glad that they realized that instead of going ahead and doing what every other team does. Oh, we missed some shots from the outside? Let's just shoot some more. I think our Laker fandom masks a lot of things just because we all want to live in a positive world. That's why we're always pumping up players bigger than, than they, what they what they really are. But the, the, those days are over, at least for me anyways. Well, I wasn't really all the way in there, but I would placate. But at this point, I'm done placating. The Lakers aren't winning jack squat this year. 
unless something drastically changes. And it doesn't look like they want it to change. It's not me. It's them. They're doing this. I'm not doing this. And I'm not comparing the Lakers to the Clackers next door. I'm not complaining. I'm not comparing them to the Rockets. Who get? No one gives two about the Rockets, the Clippers, or any of these mundane teams. Okay, this is the L.A. Mother F and Lakers. There's only one thing that they have to do this year: win the championship. If they don't, it's a failure. Do you understand what that means? You have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on this team with a fairly good amount of depth. It's not the greatest depth, but they have some talent on this team. And they suck. You know what a 5-5 five and five record is? Average. Average. That's what it is. So, I want you guys to be prepared. And no one wants to be wrong more than me. You guys can ask anyone that's been around me in life. I beg to be wrong. Because if I'm wrong, that means good things happen. And unfortunately, guys, most of the time, not good things happen. And I'll tell you what I mean. People don't want to work. People don't want to achieve things. People get relaxed. People rest on their laurels more than you think. And every meme online is always about somebody talking about work. Don't tell me you guys don't go to work. 80 to 90% of you and can't stand your coworkers and can't stand your bosses and that kind of stuff. So don't, I mean, again, it, 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 get, it gets mixed up with all these fake ass freaking life coaches that tell you all you got to do is put one foot in front of the other and your whole life will be fine. No, it won't be fine. You got to punch life in the face to get what you want most of the time. Unless you're a trust fund, baby, that's what you have to do. So I'd like the Lakers to be like that. Unfortunately, they're trust fund babies. They're getting paid their millions. They got all their extensions. They got all their contracts. They got all that money. Now they're playing exactly how a team plays when they have just won the championship, which is mind-boggling to me. You would think there would be some hunger there, but there isn't. These guys are very, very, very content on making sure their makeup and their hair and their braids and all their little outfits are all nice and kept up enough so that they can play NBA basketball, probably go to the clubs, bang a few things out, and then and then come back maybe a couple of days later do the same thing. Guys, don't tell me that's not what it is because I've seen players who care. These guys don't give two craps about winning a championship. LeBron does. But see, LeBron is a passive guy. He kind of goes with the flow. And he kind of has that attitude. He's like, you know what? I can't do anything about it, so I'm just going to have to deal with it. He's not going to turn into Kobe or Matt or, 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 or Jordan. And, you know, I know Magic is smiles and high fives and jumping jacks. Guys, Magic Johnson was a beast behind, behind the scenes. Not a lot of people know that. You know, Larry Bird. Magic, Magic. Magic Johnson got thrown out of basketball games. Referees were intimidated by Magic Johnson. They were intimidated by Magic Johnson. 
Magic was a completely different personality than Irvin. I, I and people need to understand this is that there's a reason why I keep saying he's the greatest point guard that ever lived is that there was nobody as competitive as him at the point guard position. And that's nobody, why no, nobody, not Isaiah Thomas, not LeBron James, not Steph Curry. There's nobody that can match his competitiveness for, at, at the point guard position. And that's probably the first time I've disagreed with Stone on the greatest point guard. I got the tail end of Magic. I didn't get a chance to see Magic in the mid-80s. I saw him late 80s, 90s. I don't even really consider the 80s really something that I comprehended at that time, even though I was very, very into, let's say, baseball or football. Basketball came really like 91 for me. So I didn't really get a chance to see Magic in, in all his, his glory. But uh, what sets Magic apart is... He had a control of the game. Him and Larry Bird had a control of the game that was just, I can't, I can, I compare him to Isaac Newton and, and Albert Einstein. They were so far ahead of you. Chess player, like if they were chess players, they'd be 10 moves ahead of you. They were so good at knowing that stuff so far ahead. You can't even really compare it. And when you look at, I don't know why they cared more then and they don't care now. If it's as simple as money, I don't know if it's that. I think it's just culture. I think the culture of competitiveness, not competitiveness these days versus then is different. Because they were rich too, guys. At the time, they were still rich. They made a lot of money even at that time. So I don't know if this team can get out of that. I don't know if there's going to be a snap and they're like, look, we're going to ball out. I don't know. But it doesn't look like it. And... If, if, if they're not going to take this thing seriously, we said that the beginning of the year is going to be very important that you, you set a precedent because this is when you're at your most healthy and you're going to have a difficult schedule. If you play really well now, if you're sitting at 7-3 now, and let's say went 7-3 again, you're setting yourself up to probably get a top four seed. But I'm just I don't I don't like the I don't like it. I don't like this team. I don't like watching them play, and I can't stand. The more I watch Darvin Ham on the sidelines, the more I, I I just don't like the team even more. So it's just difficult. It's difficult for me to enjoy the games because they're just sloppy as hell. They're just sloppy over and over again. I I don't know I don't know what's going to change it, but I, I really I don't know. I just don't know yet at this point. I think there's two important things to note which is uh, I know people think some people might think we're overreacting. One is that um, I, I don't think we all expect off nights. There's teams, th this team is every team is going to have off nights where they don't play up to their expectations or capabilities. The problem is it's been 10 of them now. It's not just been one. It's been 10. It's not, it's not been a one-off thing or, you know, two or three games. It's been 10 games now, a lot of the same issues. The second thing is, as as Joe pointed out, we're, we're looking for a championship. It's not we're not looking to be you know a second round team, or to get to the playoffs or to get into the second round. We're looking to win a championship, and teams that generally are uh, in that sort of range in championship contention at this point in time have some of the best records, right? So th that's generally what we're looking for. Um, and 
we're five and five right now. That's good enough for 500. That's, I mean, in the West, when you look at the West, that's good enough to, as what it is right now, just to get into the play in. That's, that's not a playoff team. That's a play in team. Um, and we, if you want to be a contender, you don't want to be a play in team. You want to be at the very least a top six seed, but ideally top four, the very least top six. So, Five five hundred just does not cut it if your goal is a championship. It just doesn't. So we we should be asking for more of this team. But Stone, people in our chat and people out there on social media, they're talking about how you know at least it's better, much better than last year. Start. It's uh it's a team that you know just it's only ten games in. Don't worry about it. It's okay. There's two things. One is, I'm not sounding the sirens yet. It's not we're not in Memphis territory where we're two and eight. We're we're freaking out. We're not there yet. We're skeptics, uh, and at this point in time, and I think we should be, uh, considering what we've seen. It's it's not, you know, the end of the world yet. It's not the sky is falling, but it's enough to be concerned that you know this is not championship level. But the other thing too is that we um last year we started off really poorly the reason we improved towards down the stretch is when we made that trade uh to get rid of somebody that was holding us back and bring in players that could play minutes for us in a positive way uh and the other aspect is that that the real reason we even got into the play-in was anthony davis and his defense that's that's what carried us to a play-in that if you watch the games the final like 20 games anthony davis was amazing that's what carried us uh we don't want to have anthony davis and lebron take turns carrying this team um for the entirety of 82 games uh because that's going to lead them to be i mean by the time you get to the playoffs they're going to be pretty tired if you're taking on that kind of role uh game in and game out for you know, the entirety of a season. Um, we don't want that. So uh, th- there has to be some sort of middle ground where um, they're, they're playing, everyone's playing really well, or, uh, you know, not everyone's going to play great every single night, but you have, you know, five, six guys that are playing really well. You can't be having one guy that's carrying such a high offensive burden entirety of a season it's just it's not sustainable into the playoffs and into a finals so um that's i mean that's where i'm at i think um like i've i said this since the start of the season i believe in this team more than i did than the, the other team at the start of the season and i think there's pathways for us to get to contention and we've set ourselves up where we have pieces to do it but right now we're not there right and i think you know 10 games in has shown that We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, the Lakers do win 116 to 110. Uh, Magic Man, 
Wanted to go ahead and uh, let you know that Intel Wild with another great super chat says, how much do you think AD plays on his braids and dip, well, his hairstyle? Seriously, how much does he pay attention to it? That I, I'll leave to Joe on that one. But uh, or how much does he spend on it? Fifteen to thirty thousand a season. Uh, I honestly, that's a speculative guess. Intel, I don't know. Plus, Darren, I agree, his footwork and balance is terrible. But Magic Man, uh, you got some uh, stats to bring up on the screen, or you probably got something that you wanted to go ahead and bring up screen. Is that correct? Uh, actually, Gerald, yes. Just let me pull that up one more time. Okay. Um, just to let you know, you're also not on your headset. Just to let you know, you're just going off your tablet or whatever. So, uh, But yes, we'll bring it up here in a second for you. But thank you, Intel Wild, for the super chat. I really don't know how much uh, AD spends on his hair, Intel. Uh, but then again, that's something obviously he takes great pride in so hey if it got 30 points from him tonight that's fine i'm just worried more about the 41 minutes tonight uh alice is uh being trying to be the voice of reason saying that you know who is playing well in the west right now uh some of her uh her you know comments right there minnesota and dallas are playing good should the lakers be afraid of them yeah they're playing well right now that's just something to be concerned with so uh let me go ahead and bring back to Magic. But Magic Man, let, as we bring up the stats on the screen for AD tonight, uh, your thoughts, though, should it be afraid of teams like Minnesota and Dallas? I said Minnesota would be one of the best teams in the West, so I'm concerned about Minnesota. Dallas, they're riding a hot streak off their offense, so we'll see. But when it comes to teams like that, Houston, I don't know how seriously you're going to take with them, even though they're riding a six-game win streak, but there are some good teams out there the Lakers should concern themselves with. Hey, Gerald, uh, let's be honest about something. You can't turn water into wine. So I think what's going on with the Mavs is that they're they're going on a hot streak with uh, Luka and Kyrie right now. And uh, while they've gotten very good play from Josh Green and uh, Derek Lively's going to get some votes for uh, – rookie of the year if he keeps up uh, this kind of play. I just think, you know, their defense was very bad last year, Gerald, and I think it's it's still got a lot of warts, and we're still very early in the season. There's still 70 games left. Uh, I don't think the Mavs can sustain this kind of play over an 82-game season. Uh, at the same time, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Gerald, we talked about them last year was kind of a surprise. Nobody expected them to be that, um, wishy-washy as, as it would say, they're good. They should be a good regular season team regard, regardless of, um, of the opponent. I mean, between Cat, Rudy Gobert, you have a star in Ant Edwards and you also have probably the a top three perimeter defender in the NBA, McDaniels. So you should win a lot of regular season games. So their start doesn't surprise me. However, if you look deeper into the numbers, Rudy and Cat do not work together, Gerald. Even in, even in the sample size we have this year, there is enough sample size now between the time they played last year and this year to say that it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And we knew that going into the playoffs, but it's obvious. It's not going to work. There's just not enough space on the floor 
to combat both of their flaws on either end. I do want to ask Joe this. Thank you so much for providing that as far as AD's performance tonight. He's the first to reach those historic numbers that he did tonight since Kobe in 2007. Again, just letting you know, Sean, that you're not on the headphone right now, plugged in. No worries, my friend. Uh, when it comes to, Joe, what you're seeing with D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell today, I mean, the shooting was awful, but 11 points. The thing that I, I say, though, a lot of people are questioning him as the point guard for this team, 11 assists, uh, one turnover. Usually if somebody has an 11-1 turnover, assist-to-turnover ratio, we're praising them nonstop. But yet I don't feel much of the way in love coming the way of D'Angelo. In fact, he's actually had two pretty good games as a distributor. Nine assists on, in Phoenix and 11 here. Yet I feel that a lot of people are still kind of down on D'Angelo at this time as our point guard. The, the problem with D'Angelo, and I, I actually liked his offensive game tonight. He, uh, Him and uh, AD had a nice two-man game going. Uh, the issue is his defense overshadows how uh overshadows the offense his defense is so bad that it's difficult to stay on the bandwagon it's just it's atrocious and it, it it's de a detriment to this team uh open shots the lackadaisical rotations it's just i don't I, if if he had not had a good game tonight Offensively, we would have lost. And that happens. That happens. If he had just not made shots tonight, we would have been in trouble. And it's likely going to happen, guys. We're going to lose to a bad team this year because of this stuff. And that's the point. The point is this team still does not have an identity. It still doesn't have any res... Jeez, uh, oh, I can't even talk today. Um semblance that's the word i was looking for semblance of any kind of like consistent set plays that they can go to they come out of the they come out of the, the timeouts i don't you got we're all getting mad i just realized that really today we're getting mad when he doesn't call timeouts guys it doesn't matter if he calls a timeout he doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't create any easy two pointers out of the out of the break so why would he call a timeout because now he's got to sit down and crayon whatever is in that board and as soon as the other team stops that particular play there's no contingency it's like telling your quarterback this is the play we're running you do not audible at the line if you see something you do not audible okay, you just pretty much killed any chance of your team being successful at that point. And even if they do audible, are they going to execute it? Or are they going to stand there with their thumb up their ass on, on, in the corner? What are you standing in the corner for? You made four three-pointers in 2023 in a game against a team that sucks ass that doesn't play defense, that doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Imagine, I can only imagine what Blazer fans are saying. It's just not, it's not, this is in no way 
this is a barely getting out of the first round team. According to, to the to the to the record, this is a sort of win the play in to get into the first round and get smoked. Oh no, Joe, they're gonna turn it on. Okay, then what? What happens when uh, you got to play Denver? What's what's going to happen then? Do you guys realize that if we had played better against Denver and we beat Denver last year, we'd be champions? But that doesn't mean anything because they got swept. It doesn't mean anything. It's LeBron James and Anthony Davis, guys. There is no excuse. There is no room for feelings and massaging and we won, so let's relax. No, this team has to win a championship or this is a waste of our time. It really is. It's a waste. We might as well. We're paying two guys $100 million to win a mother effing championship, not to go in the second round. Otherwise, you might as well just blow it up, start over. That's it. it, it it's it, this, this act has to stop. And blaming... Injuries for for who? Gabe Vincent, Vando. Okay, what 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 has Gabe Vincent done when he's played? Can't shoot worth the lick. Okay, he had a couple of good games where he had some nice ball movement. But guys, this is twenty three twenty four. You have to make shots. Doesn't matter how good you're on a defense. If you don't believe me? Look at Marcus Smart in Memphis. It doesn't matter anymore. It's just like the NFL. Defense. Oh, their defense is great. Look what happened to the Niners for three weeks up until today. What did that defense do for them in those three losses? This is an offensive-oriented sport. You have to make shots. If they're going to make four threes in a 48-minute game, they're toast. And on top of that, that, that that's lazy. That's, that's why I love Greg Popovich. He did a he did a interview with Michelle Tafoya once, Gerald, and um, she asked him a very simple question: What happened with your offense in the first quarter? Do you know what his response was? The ball didn't go in the hole. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but if if your team, if your excuse as to why the Lakers aren't playing great is Gabe Vincent's injury, then we have a massive issue of. Of our, if you're or Vando, is, Vando seems to yeah. be the oh, Vando is so important. Vando is so Vando important. is the Trevor Ariza of twenty three twenty four. That that's like if you're saying, well, well, you know, the Chiefs' offense, yeah, they they, they do have Patrick Mahomes, but they they're really missing that right guard. <laughs> just, just to address Intel's uh, um, chat of why it didn't feel dominant, eighty thirteen or 30, 13, and 6, which I agree with. Uh, I, I think what I can point it towards is that most of it is not self-created. Um, a lot of it is uh, tip-ins and in-the-post things with a couple moves, but a lot of it is he's not self-creating from further out or initiating things a lot of times. It's opportunistic offense versus created offense. I think that's a lot of times why stats can feel not as impactful. And I agree that it didn't feel as impactful tonight. Um, so that's where I would point to. But, yeah, th- there's injuries for guys that are named Gabe Vincent should not be what is keeping the Lakers at 5-5. Five and five. That's just not 
that that's not a valid enough reason um and how tired i'm i've only been on for two or three times now this season and i'm already sick and tired of this saying the same thing after 10 games like nothing nothing like 10 games of this how, how much more do we have to see before we realize that 500 basketball is just not going to cut it how much more does rob palinka have to see that before he realizes something has to change um because we can't ask darvin ham to see it because it, nothing's changed but uh, on his front so i'm just over it i'm i'm over 500 basketball because i want i want championship basketball the question now is, who was the last team that won a championship with a with a below average coach? Mm. Oh, oh man! Like, I have to use the Googles. You, you already you already answered the question. You already answered the question. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Um is the answer. It's it's it's. I can't think of anyone. Uh, I guess you could go Bill Fitch. Sort of in 80, uh, 81, maybe, but people think Bill Fitch was great, right? To, in a lot of ways. I don't know. The question is, I don't know. Billy Cunningham, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, we got a lot of apologists in our in our group tonight. That's all I'll say. But the thing I noticed the most is how they're relying a lot and they're putting a lot of their eggs in one basket. And that basket is Jared Vanderbilt. Magic Man, I do not put that many baskets on him. I will not put that kind of pressure on Jared Vanderbilt because if you saw Jared Vanderbilt just a few months ago in the playoffs, feast or famine, worked for a little while, but teams figured him out. You know, once we got to the second round and to the to the Warriors and they found some screens he didn't like, he was made ineffective shortly after halfway through the series. And then in Denver, yeah, he wasn't much better. So I don't know how important that person is if they can be schemed out that easily. So I ask you, my friend, I, again, I'm not putting any pressure onto the kid, uh, you know, pretty good one-on-one defender hustler gives us rebounding, still got issues on the offensive end. Not sure how his shot will be when he gets back. But then again, when you're only shooting four for 19, anything else is an upgrade. Your thoughts, my friend, on the importance of Vando and how, you know, when I read between the lines that all these individuals think that once Vanderbilt comes back, we're going to be on the road to easy street. That's, that's what not, I'm reading between the lines that, that Vando's going to come in. And he's going to save the day. I want to know something. I want to know where that minds, where that thought process <clears> comes <throat> from. I want to know what, why someone would think Jared Vanderbilt's going to solve the problem of people standing around and ball watching and not covering open men. I want to know how he's going to change that. Vanderbilt is not a leader. He's not a vocal leader. He's not Draymond Green in his prime. He's not going to get you out of your seat and motivate you. He can't even shoot. He can play defense. He's got length, but that's it. So why are you thinking that? It's, I already know the answer. A lot of times when I ask Rodell, teams, well, hold on. Rodell, teams did figure out Vando. Why was Vando sitting on the bench halfway through the Golden State series? Because teams figured out because the, exactly. he's a good rotation player. Who, but like most rotation player, he has his ups and he has his downs. 
Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. So, okay. You, you, you gotta, I don't want to be the guy that tells you not to think positive. That's still, that's not what I'm trying to do either. I want you, I want you all to believe that this is going to work out because it, it's probably better for your health, which is fine. You can do that and you can curse us away. And that's the point. The point is you got to let us tell you the truth too, because what happens when we tell you the truth and we're not always right, but damn it, we're usually are. Okay. We're not a hundred percent, but we usually are. So it, it, we are tired. It's more of a frustration than negativity. We're frustrated with why this team isn't focused and why we're blaming our Darvin Ham too for this. When in fact we probably shouldn't. If you're not gonna motivate, you're grown ass men. You're not children. If you're not gonna be motivated to be decent and be professional, then 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 you're 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 the problem. The problem with Darvin Ham is he doesn't at least put his players in the in the best positions, which is really what the coach's job is to do in any situation: is to put your players in the best position and to know that this particular uh, talent is going to work in certain aspects of the game. That's really what makes a great coach. Because you know Phil Jackson wasn't an X's and O's guy. Everybody knows that. He's more of a motivational guy, but at the same time. He was able to get you all to understand the situation. It's just, I, I, but then again, at the end of the day, he had Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. He didn't have to do that, right? Would he have done, would it be different if Phil Jackson was coaching this team without Phil Jackson's rep? I don't know. Okay. They're saying that's not a good statement. Z says that's not a good statement, but you know, Z, you, Intel, uh, PMC, everybody's out there in the chat saying how important Vando is. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on the kid. I really don't because I think it's unfair. Forget about he Vando. He hasn't played in weeks. Forget about Vando. I'm tired of talking about Vando anyways at this point. It's like really, if this guy's not going to be playing, we're waiting on uh, we're waiting on uh, we're waiting on word to find out what the word is. What the hell does that even mean? Is he going to play or not? We're going to find out at 2 p.m whether Jared Vanderbilt will know if Jared Vanderbilt's going to play. And you ask me why I get frustrated. Why? What the hell does that even mean? That's stupid. These are professionals. We need to find out. And Stu said something on the telecast. You could tell he kind of, he said something and he kind of stopped talking. What do you mean we're going to find out when he's going to find out? That is the dumbest. What if this dumb? Everything's dumb with that coming out of that damn camp. Just tell us what's going on. Is he going to come? When is he going to play? We don't, he's not playing. Oh, the world is waiting for Jared Vanderbilt's availability. You think anyone outside LA gives two about this? Oh my God. Wait a minute. I got to find out. Hold on. Oh my God, we're going to change our whole offense and defense in Memphis now because Jared Vanderbilt might come back in December. It builds, guys. It builds over and over again. It keeps building. It's not just one thing. If it was one thing, oh, hey, you had a bad night. You got smoked by the Rockets. And I told you guys this when we lost the You get smoked by the Rockets uh, in December and you're 15 and 
eight, and they're hitting every shot. Remember Portland last year? They hit 17 threes in the first half. If that happens, that that's that's normal in an 82-game season. That makes sense. Okay, it happens. Some teams get hot. But what happens when that team isn't playing well and you still don't do well? And you're not doing well. Now what? What's your excuse then? AD is playing the way AD is supposed to play, folks. He's getting paid 50 and $60 million to play the way he's playing. So all this stuff about, oh, man, AD this and AD that. Oh, AD played 41 minutes. He's in his prime, guys. He's 30 years old. He should be playing 41 minutes if he has to. And that guy has has phantom blocks. I didn't know the NBA had phantom blocks. I can't figure that out. Sean told me a common sense reason why, and I still doesn't register how this guy is always capped at three. I think the only time I saw more than three was that seven-block game that we lost that I don't give a crap about because we got destroyed. So against Orlando, I, I don't, I don't, I, I just want, I guess, I guess I'm trying to get you guys all to understand where we're coming from so you understand what we're talking about. It's probably why I like Stone on the show because I feel like sometimes I'm talking to myself. Sean, he, he's the analytical, you know, history there's still a little positive there. And then Gerald's like the the weird guy who just kind of goes into all that. And then Stone kind of backs me up on the fact that and he says it maybe a little bit more professionally uh, that, that this team sucks, where I, I say it unprofessionally. It's kind of like all balance. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> the one The one finger salute. I hate you, Joe. Yes, I know. Once again, the Lakers do win 116 to 110. We'll be back tomorrow for some more great commentary. And then, of course, Tuesday, we've got a full lineup before you as far as the pregame. Playback.tv slash Sacred Fast Break and the post game right there. Uh, Stone, let me bring it back to you, my friend. I mean, come on, let's, let's be real here. Gerald's wearing, because in, in case you guys are listening, Gerald's wearing a Cobra Kai shirt with the Mortal Kombat font on it. Who wears that? I do. <laughs> so getting back to the game stone, I'm about one. I, I, so getting back to the game stone. So I just, I kicked him out for our audio listeners. I just kicked him out. So yeah, he's, he's right now in the chat. I'm not, I know I'm not weird until I know I'm not weird. Thank you. Appreciate the super chat. Appreciate you letting everybody know. I'll bring him back in. Fine. Did but, he call I'm sorry, Gerald. I was doing some research. Did Thank you, Sora. Call you weird. Yes, he called me the weird guy. Yes. <laughs> what does listen, that even mean? Listen, weirdo. <laughs> you listen to me, you weirdo. It's like the pot calling the kettle black on that one. But Stone, let me ask you this. I mean, when it comes to the Lakers' upcoming games, they should win or have a very winnable game. For the next five games, the teams that they're facing are all, you know, just not not playing very well at all. Lakers should be at least four and one at the very least. We said this, though, but, you know, we talk about the, the road trip. Oh, three and one. Oh, four and oh, three and one. And we saw how that worked out. This team is just disappointing us left and right. Yet they're still five and five with a good week. 
with a very good week, they could find themselves back at near the top of the Western Conference. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Memphis has, I think, the worst record still in the NBA. Um, we should be winning that. Uh, Sacramento, they're a good team. Oh, that's the Clippers. But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sacramento is a good team. If we lose that, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, Portland, we should win, as we already said, three games in four nights with three of their six best players out. Um, Houston's on fire. If they keep that up, maybe, but hopefully we've learned something to where we can make the needed adjustments uh, in order to beat them. And Utah is another just not a very good team this year. So, I mean – Three and two at the worst, but four four and one is ideal. I think. Uh, I mean, five and zero is ideal, but four four and one is the realistic ideal version of that. And I think three and two is the worst case scenario. What we should be at very worst case, and I, I wouldn't be happy with that. But I'd anything less than that, I'd I'd be extremely frustrated and mad and disappointed. Um, so I think that we should be. Um, Hopefully four and one, maybe three and two, but hopefully four and one after those five games. After that, Gerald, it's there's some tough teams, and I think that's really going to show us who these Lakers are. If they if they go on a negative record against Cle- uh, Dallas, Cleveland, Philly, you have Detroit in there, which hopefully we should win, and then OKC. Uh, I mean, if we go two and three during those games, then I think we're in for a real mess. But hopefully, that's not the case. So, Magic Man, I'll have you close out the conversation tonight <sighs> because you did such a great job at pregame, as you always do, in playback.tv along with Stone Hanson. Big shout-out to Laker Nick as well. Yeah, Joe was there, second half, big deal. But, Magic Man, I want to go ahead and ask you this before we head on out, my friend. You know, it is a very winnable week for the Lakers. The statement has to start now. The confidence has to start to build now. LeBron should be back, should be be back on tuesday not 100 percent sure on that one because they might want to keep him out for another game but your thoughts on where the lakers go from here and how important this week is despite the fact these teams and sacramento is even 500 so they're not even having a great season right now so far to, so it just again these are all winnable games magic man and shouldn't be no excuses why they shouldn't be able to take the majority of them i agree gerald they're all winnable games they realistically if you're looking at this in any of those one games, Gerald, do you think the Lakers would not be favorites? No, they should all be favorites. They should all be favorite. I agree. So, I mean, you should win. And I know some people don't like that word. You should anticipate going at least what Stone Hansen was saying, four out of five, four and one, like, like minimum. If you play your basic fundamental game, um, you should you should go five and zero, oh, Gerald. I mean, I, I, look, I get it, I get it. The I think the biggest test on that is going to be not Tuesday. I think it's going to be against the Jazz because their guards are built like linebackers, and that can be a bit of a problem for us with our guards. But they're missing Walker Kessler, which he was huge for them. He's their like struggling this year, though. yeah he was they've, he, they've forgotten about them in their offense they did completely. They, they, completely and clarkson has not had a good start to his season no. tht has been playing and starting and he's been kind of hit and miss as well yeah absolutely i i, I think you should go f- five and oh 
because that Houston game, that that might be a tough one as well with the way they're playing, but that's at home too. So I, I'm, I agree with Stone's assessment. That's I the boundary of pride. You lost by yeah. how many last game? 30, against them? 34. Yeah. 34. That should be a matter of pride right there. Absolutely. 128.94. Shouldn't be that far removed from the, the memory. Uh, it's not for us. Yeah. Agreed. But 4-1, uh, Gerald, they go 5-0. and oh. Just They really need to go on a heater, not just for us, but for themselves. Because Dan Wolke... Uh, brought up an interesting stat, Gerald. He said that the Lakers have shot less than 25% in basically, I think he said, every game this year. They've won two of them. Every other team in the NBA that shot less than 25% from three has won one game. The Lakers have won twice as many as the rest of the league. Last year, the team's record with shooting that 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 porous was 25 in 101 it's not sustainable gerald no matter how much we want to we want to talk about it this three-point shooting is going to bury them if they don't turn that around just a little bit just a little bit you don't even need to go from night to day just go from night to a little bit of dusk where there's some like some inkling that you're running something that works, but it's not sustainable, man. We can't we can't out rebound teams. We can't out shoot them. Gerald, did you know we we again have the number one discrepancy as far as three free throws uh, attempted to free throws given up? It's massive. It's massive again, Gerald. It's huge. We're plus five forty nine over over eighty two games. Plus another 10. 92 games, the Lakers averaged like plus six in free throw differential. And you're still managing to find new ways to either lose or win ruggedly. You can't keep winning ruggedly in the NBA, Gerald. It's what yourself, Joe Stone have said throughout the entire show. You need to make shots. That's what wins NBA games is making shots. It's the same thing in the NFL. If you can't score in the red zone, you will not win a Super Bowl. It's the same thing in the NBA. If you can't at least respectfully make a three-point shot and don't do that again. If you can't if you can't manage to at least sustain some semblance of of just competency from there, it's not going to happen. I I know that the new the the trend has been you know a top ten offense and a top ten defense uh, have never been able to win an uh, an NBA championship. Well, if you don't have at least uh, a middle of the pack shooting team, you're not going to win anything in in this era. Eras change, eras evolve. This era, shoot or be gone. I'm just going to move this around the screen so he keeps end up looking at the wall. I will tell you this, though, Sean. I want to make sure that you – because I, I saw your stat when you talked about that. The 10 games this year, though, there is less of a disparity. Just to let you know, it's not as large as it was last season as far as the number of free throws that we take to the number of teams that the other team takes. Our fouls have increased 
So we're now mm -hmm. averaging over 20 a game. And the times that we're going to the line is slightly decreased. We're not the number one team going to the free throw line as far as attempted uh, like we were mm -hmm. last season. So mm -hmm. it does. Mm -hmm. Hold on, Gerald. Uh, we are we're 25.6 free throw attempts a game, just to let you know at this point yeah. in time. Yeah, but Gerald, I I think uh, that's only I believe that's only the including the nine games, not this. Uh, yeah, not not, this not today, but yeah, heading. I'm just telling you though, but for the season, we're just we're not as there's is a, there is a difference, but it's just not as large as it was last season. Last season it was just like a Grand Canyon sized chasm as far as the number of free throws we were yeah. taking over our opponents this year, yeah. it's the, it's diminished. And the thing is, and the only thing I want to say to that is that when you shoot as bad as the Lakers do, you need every point that you can get. And if you're not taking advantage of it, like you did as much as you did last season. Yeah. That's, that's the only one I had to say that magic. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, Gerald, but I mean, I, I, I mean, there, there is again, the sign that the Lakers can continue to get to the free throw line more than their opponent can yet three point shooting remains as putrid and abysmal as it is, Gerald. It's not going to have the similar results we saw last year. They're taking as less threes than they did last year. And they complained why they were one of the worst in the NBA to take threes last year. So that's all they heard about in the and, off season. And, all and, I heard and by, in the summers, take more threes, take more threes, take more threes. There you go. And and by the way, I, I find it kind of ironic that Darvin Ham's complaining to the NBA that LeBron's not getting uh, enough calls to get to the free throw line, Gerald. Yet again, there's kind of a vast chasm between the Lakers and just about every other team in uh, the way games are called. Yeah, you really can't argue, you know, if that's the case. Like you said, the Lakers are still having a great uh, free throw differential. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. All right, Joe, I'll give you the last word when it comes to what you're seeing. The Lakers are going to have... Already... I'm giving you the last word. You ain't giving me any. I, I take the last word. I do what I want. No, not if I kick you off the air. But you anyways, I'm trying could. to ask you a question, dummy. So just. What do you want? What do you think the Lakers will do over the next few games? Because the fact that all of these games coming up, the next five games should be winnable, should be wins for the Lakers, quite frankly. they slap their hams like they had the last 10 games. Joe, do you like apples? No. Get to your point. I don't accept <sighs> I don't accept curses on that Z. No, I don't accept that we're cursed at the three-point line. The other teams managed to shoot from behind the arc in the crypt just fine. So yeah, I, I think that's baloney. We were two in uh eight last year. 
We were two first and ten. Games? Two and eight. First, yes. eight first ten yes. games, right. Okay, so we improved by three games. And the schedule was much harder this year, right? That's debatable, but sure. And we had Westbrook last year. Yeah, that's okay. debatable, but sure. Okay. Would you say that we were just as lazy last year as we are right now? No. We were a little bit more. We were munchkins. Okay, good. That that that's what the big problem was. Okay. We actually uh, rebounded, I think, a little bit better this year than last at this time. Yes, we did because our start we were, our starters we, in the backcourt were Dennis Schroeder and Patrick Beverly. We couldn't we couldn't shoot at the beginning. Of the, I think the first five games was one of the worst five game stretches in NBA history, if I remember correctly. So if we're going to look at this from a positive standpoint to end the show, we have improved by three games. We're not as bad shooting as we were last year, even though we're still atrocious. Uh, the rebounding has gotten a little bit better the last few games. So I would like to think that the next 10 games, there needs to be a focus on hopefully finishing seven and three the next 10 games. And then if that happens, continue that same pace. That's kind of that's what fair. I'm that's what I'm looking at here. Otherwise, you're looking at uh dealing with the play-in crap again. I'd like to get away from that, even halfway through the season. I'd like us to be sitting in a top four seed after 41 games. I, I, I like I don't want like I don't want to talk about another play-in game. That would be how many playing games do we have to be involved with? Uh, the with irony the, that LeBron thought, thought the playing uh, concept was stupid, and where did they end up? Yeah, and it's still stupid. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Yeah, it's still stupid because <laughs> you're 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 giving it's turning into hockey where everybody makes the playoffs practically. It's just not. The, the biggest makes, problem I have is it's two games that can outweigh 82 games. You had 82 games to prove you were the better team. Why should two games outweigh that? It yeah. just makes zero sense to me. And they've yeah, kind of screwed up baseball. Help the Lakers last season. Being uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to deny that, but I'm just saying, well, yeah, and as Ingersoll said, we were seventh. But um, it should be just the top eight teams make it. The, other thing, is, make it. the other thing is you also have to factor in the focus on there is a different focus when you know you can still make the play-in versus when you don't. So maybe the Lakers end up winning a couple more games knowing that they got to get the eighth seed to get in. So that's a really hard one to judge. It's kind of like saying, what would Jordan do in this era uh, of basketball? He'd average 45 points because there's no hand-checking rule. And then I say, well, that's not necessarily true for two reasons. Number one, he didn't have to deal with a zone back then. He'd have to deal with a zone now. And the other thing is, is Michael Jordan growing up in the 70s or is he growing up in the 90s? Because as much as I love the 90s in terms of growing up, that's where all these issues started with the current generation because those parents really screwed up raising those kids. And now we have a bunch of diaper-wearing, vaping pansies that are that are kind of dominating the the culture so you would have to tell me well jordan would be the same jordan now yeah of course he's gonna kill everybody but that wouldn't be realistic if there was a jordan-like player coming into this era because he wouldn't have been raised the same way how much would he fall in love with the three-point we saw what he did to portland in the finals when he 
decided he wanted to shoot a three. There's nothing Jordan couldn't do. If Jordan had to learn to shoot the sky hook, he would have learned how to shoot the sky hook. I don't think people really truly understand unless they really watched him play how um, unbelievable that guy was. Just there's nothing, there's nothing he wouldn't have been able to do at any time. He, you didn't need to shoot threes back then. You just didn't. You didn't have to. All you needed was a mid-range, and he got really good at doing that. Well, let's let's use that as an example. He 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 went to the basket the first what six seven years of his career, and then he won six championships the next eight years playing the mid-range game and owning everybody there. So now you're telling me you're going to bring him out even more? He'll dominate there too. Just give him a minute. He'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But as far as the the Lakers concerned, and uh, you, you know, I, I was hoping I didn't have to hear that again, Stone, where. Well, Gerald said it. You guys were talking about it. But the fact that you got a coach that's saying we're going to shoot more threes. Uh, he's saying that because he wants to maybe inspire his team to be confident there, which is about as asinine as you you can get. That's like saying, Shaq, I want you to get better at shooting the 15-footer. I want you to have confidence. So keep shooting it instead of getting to the basket and dunking on everybody. It's a stupid comment. These guys can't shoot threes. They can't. So why not try to better yourself a little in places that they're good? We won a championship in 2020 without having to shoot a lot of threes. Why can't we do it now? I don't know. I don't get it. Doesn't make sense. Intel Wild says in the next five years, preseason we'll have a play in tournament or cup. They may want to go ahead and do something like that until I'm not going to put it past them. I have a question. Who is going to that little, that trophy that they have everywhere now for the play-in? What, what is that? What is that going to do? It's technically a trophy, but you can't really drink out of it. So now, it's not now, really, it's not really a trophy. The NBA Cup sort of. It thing. reminds yeah. me of of what they did in college football, or, or what they do in college football, and it was even worse before the. Playoffs. Well, that's the point of a cup is you're supposed to be able to drink out. Well, of I asked, it. I asked a friend you, of mine you, when you win the Stanley Cup, you pour champagne in the Stanley Cup, and then you drink from the here's, Stanley here's Cup. Here's my question. Here's my question. You can't drink from the NBA Cup. If you're a NC State fan. And you're playing, uh, let's just say Vanderbilt. Obviously, it wouldn't be Vanderbilt because they suck. But NC State wins the Alamo Bowl. Now, are they hanging out that night going, yeah, I got the (laughs) Alamo Bowl. Yeah. What are you going to say now? Right? I think think Marcus Smart flat out said on media day that no, he's like, nobody gives a crap about this. Like, he, he just flat out said it during media day. Like, nobody cares about this. Absolutely if I'm a fringe cares. player on the minimum, I care about this because it's a half a mil that I wasn't sure. getting before. But if you're LeBron James getting 30, 40, again, I'm not in love with it, even though it is coming here to Las Vegas. It's it's extra games here. It's like, you know, obviously more tourism, et cetera, et cetera. But to the Lakers, if, let's say they go all the way to the NBA Cup. They're playing you're asking LeBron and AD to play extra minutes. And I'm not in love with that concept. Uh, you know, that, that to me, is just an extra game for them. An 83rd game that doesn't count in the books. That's just an extra game 
that they're playing, that they're getting a half a million dollars, which again, for them is nothing. It's like chump change. Some of these guys, it is important, like the Christian Woods and the, you know, the the minimum players of the world that are playing on the team, half a million is a nice payday for them. But yeah, for some of these guys, it's if especially if if something happens, there's an injury. I said it before and I'll say it again. If there's a major injury on that game to a major player in that finals game, yeah, yeah, that there's gonna be a lot of brushback. A lot I find of it I find it comical that there we've we've had issues with games, too many games, and they've added it the possibility of three extra games if you factor in that championship game and then two play-in games. Like what what do you what where's the thought process in this? More money. Are, are they desperate or that much revenue. for three more games? Oh well Joe, it's not three more games. It's actually two more games here, two more games here, three more games here. I'm I'm, I'm I, I don't I don't I'm not sure I understand it's kind of like the player safety in the NFL. Oh, we care about player safety. We care about it a lot. We really do. Uh, by the way, uh, can you guys play two more NFL games, please? Oh, oh, we're going to add another playoff game, too. So you want us to play three more games? No, 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 no. That's in each conference. Oh, oh okay. But you care, you care about player safety, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, here's how we care. You can, you can, you can do this now at the kickoff if you don't want to return it, you know, because we want to, you know, keep you safe. Yeah, <laughs> you. That's my answer to that. <laughs> and on that note, it is the Lakers. Of- and on that double note, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, Stone Hansen, Matthew Manchon Grice to his face. Dying here. You know what? The Super Bowl does come my way. I could see if I can get through. I can get press. I can see if I could try. If I get, if I was able to go ahead and get us press for the for the Super Bowl, would you go and do that? Would you go to the press conference and say that? He wouldn't. I'd rather rather tell. I'd rather tell Roger Goodell in a room with he and I only that he's a piece of. I don't need the grandstand. I don't need to do it in public. But I, I want to tell to his face, you're a piece of <laughs> hypocrite. We need the clicks. <laughs> I do it for you guys. Yes. But it but doesn't look good in public. I like one-on-one, face-to-face, telling somebody what they are. That's what matters. It's them. It's not about me putting a show on. I'm do- I'm saying it's not because it's our show and I'm just... I'm just saying it, but I'd rather say it to his face. I really would. Okay. I don't, I, I just, I, I, I it, hypocrites really bother me right. because I think ultimately that's the, that's the main issue with it. With Our all NFL our, credentials would like be gone right thereafter. Well, forever, see, that's, 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 that's okay. why, that's why I, I it's it important. It. It's important that you understand that this is what that is. So if you guys need to go do your little, Cocktail parties at the Super Bowl. I don't give a about those things. Okay. I don't care. I don't want to hang out with anybody over there. I don't want to hang out with anyone. I want to watch the game. I'll watch the game. And if it's my family and friends, that's a different story. I like hanging with them. But I don't care about any of that garbage. Hey, uh, Marshall Lynch. Hey, what do you think about this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I would never do that. And I don't want to do it. 
I don't want to be around those people. Matter of fact, my cousin catered because he's a chef. He owns a restaurant. Catered for the Super Bowl when they were in uh, SoFi Stadium. It's a freaking. It's a. It's a. They make it out like this. This like Woodstock '69 thing going on, dude. It's a freaking show. Sorry, I keep. I, that's the only word I could say. It's garbage. It's a bunch of nonsense. A bunch of crazy people trying to feed a bunch of assholes. And, and, and they're not happy and they're complaining and they're doing this and they're doing that. I'm like, guys, when you get to the, to the meat of a lot of this stuff, it's garbage. It's garbage. The only thing real, which well, what used to be real, was the game. Until now the refs, you know, every game is the same now. We had five field goals today deciding the game. I mean, they're not even, they're not even hiding that they're doing this anymore. They're like, this is rigged. We're planning all this, guys, and you guys don't even care. You're still watching. Yeah. Yeah. Don't invite me to those things. I don't, guys, don't worry. It won't hurt my feelings. I get it. I have plenty of friends who don't invite me to certain parties. Totally get it. And I want to say in public, thank you guys for not taking me to those parties. I belong in those places. I belong at home or in places that I'm with my friends. And I, I have plenty of places, guys. Don't feel bad for me. Trust me. I'm okay. Go have fun. Go do your little, you know, do your little Wayne's World thing where you're like this, walking in everywhere. Right? Sean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Wayne's World 2, the passes, backstage, <laughs> Alice Cooper. So, yeah, Gerald, to answer your question, if you get any credentials, God bless you. Take Sean with you. Take Stone with you. I'm sure you guys will have fun. Uh, if I go to something like that, it's likely going to be kind of in the like I was when I went to San Francisco uh, last year. I just go up uh, the secret passageway, go to the box, and just kind of kick it with people, and that's it. I hate football. Uh, Intel, actually, I hate watching football. I I hate all sports that aren't basketball. To be quite honest with you, I only watch basketball. <laughs> okay, Gerald. Right, Gerald, thank you, Gerald. Gerald, let's uh, before we go. Let's. I think I even couple... broke Sean tonight, and that was my. Plan. No, you didn't. Yeah, I welcome did. back, Sean. Welcome <laughs> back. Happy to have you back, my friend. Yeah, I got you, boy. Yeah. I am glad, I'm glad to have you back, Sean. <laughs> I get everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gerald's too easy. Come on, let's be honest. You all know that. Sean is it's been tough. It's been tough to get you, get you. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Dante. I actually don't watch movies either. I I'm not kidding when I tell you guys. I like ninety percent of what I consume on media is, is basketball. Like I strictly watch basketball. Um, He's dedicated his life to it, and it it shows in yeah. his analysis. I, I I don't watch movies that much. I don't watch other sports. Uh, I don't watch TV shows. I only watch basketball. Not to watch movies. I'll tell you that, man. It's a shame. It's a shame. Go ahead, Sean. Finish uh, that, man. So, Gerald, um, a couple positives here. Yeah, we're we're five of five, and you know, a, a lot of us expected, you know, at least a couple games better. But here are a couple positives for you, Gerald. The Lakers have won three division games in their first 10. 
it took them 38 to win four. So they could possibly be four and one in their own division at the end of this week. That means you have wins against the Clippers, the Suns, the Kings, and you've yet to play the Warriors. They're playing their division pretty well so far, Gerald. And by the way, the Suns have lost two in a row. The Clippers have lost five in a row. And let me see if I may interject. The Warriors have been like been heaping praise. All I hear on these shows is like, oh, the Warriors mm-hmm. playing so much better. So well. Blah, 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 blah. What's the record, Magic Man? It's six and five, Gerald. Uh, the- just half game better than we are. Yeah. For anyone that has been watching the Warriors are in a very similar situation to the Lakers where mm-hmm. their offense is entirely Steph Curry entirely. Um, and uh, similar to LeBron for us. So it's going to be interesting. Also Dante, no, not, I don't really watch basketball movies either. <laughs> I'm a basketball purist. I only watch basketball games. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a stick. <laughs> and, uh, the second positive Gerald is that, uh, Cameradish is on a heater right now offensively, and we just, like Joe was saying, just roll with it. Just yeah. roll with it for now because uh, – You know it's not going to continue. It, no, it's going to be like one of those Looney Tune cartoons, except the characters don't actually go through the brick wall. They hit it. Uh, I will ask you this, though. Max Christie. Uh, Max Christie is the name that a lot of people were high on. I know Rodell – sending us love each and every day at Lakers fast break at yahoo.com about it. He has not performed at all this season. Even, you know, tonight he had to be pulled off the floor because he just was not getting it done against a Portland team with quite frankly, some G leakers on, you know, on the floor tonight, your thoughts of what's going on and with Max Christie is he looked like he had so much promise, had so much confidence coming out of the summer league and, that first exhibition game against the Golden State Warriors, and then it's just all gone all so wrong for him in the year that he needed it the most because, yeah, he's 20. Yeah, he's got his whole career ahead of him. But it could be a really hard uphill battle for him before we head on out. Yeah, Gerald. I mean, he's he's really dealing in, in paradoxes, right? Yeah. Um, 6'6", uh, little slender belt. Got a little bit more muscular as we saw uh, him coming back in the summer. Played above board. Played what you hope would be a second-year player should do in the summer league. Preseason, Gerald, was a completely different story. It was almost as if he had forgotten every good habit that he tried to establish during summer league. And he came in with the same kind of unconfident uh perspective and i gotta be honest gerald you know i thought if there was a game where maybe he breaks out a little bit and starts to feel better this would be it it was all set up gerald lobbed it for me for this one he's playing against you know third year fourth year players but they're they're not as developed or refined and he is taken off the floor, Gerald. I think he should be out of the rotation, even given the injury problems that we do have. I just don't think it bodes well for either the Lakers or him. 
Um, it, it's it's a problem, and I don't think he should see the floor for the foreseeable future, at least the next 10 games, because um, he's putting us behind the eight ball a lot with our rotations, Gerald. I, I, I know he's really huff, trying to hustle out there, but he is really sl- like a half step, quarter step slow. And as, uh, as we know, that's all it takes in the NBA is, you know, a third of a second for you, for your rotations to be off and a shooter can just let it fly. We'll see what happens, but there you have it. Truly appreciate you joining us. It is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 116 and 110. They pull it out. We'll be back tomorrow for some more great analysis. And then, of course, Tuesday, it is the Grizzlies coming into town. The Grizzlies are coming off a victory at the Clippers, so they'll be here already, and hopefully we'll be able to go ahead. and right, Gerald? Yes. Just like to say, uh, shout out to King from We Talk Mavs. He's uh, he's in our chat right now. Oh, hey, uh, and you know what? They support us. They always retweet our stuff on Twitter. So big shout out to them. Uh, you know, guys, your guys are playing great. Uh, compliments to you. Your offense is really humming right now, and uh, continue success to your show because your show is humming along right now. I've seen your numbers, doing some great numbers, and. Uh, Definitely continued success to two guys who are really working hard and really deserve all the credit and all the, the big, large fan base that they got. So yeah, definitely nothing but love for We Talk Mavs on that. So yeah, big, big shout out to that. And great to have you here, Magic Man. Uh, once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We will return tomorrow with some more great analysis of what's going on with the Lakers and the NBA. Let's also as well, of course, what's going on the rest of this week. Very winnable games upcoming this week. No excuses. For not having a good week. No excuses. Absolutely not. It all starts tomorrow with some great analysis that only we can bring you. And of course, the best chat room that's out there. You can only find it here at the Lakers. Bye.